mild cognitive impairment which often goes undiagnosed and how a screening test could prevent that. Individuals who discover this at home early on can get that vital piece of information to the doctor so they can then start the conversation. When Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. I never thought that my, my wife would be a potential threat to herself. And so I had to grapple with that, that like, here she is, this woman I love might not be safe. How one couple navigated their way through a mental health crisis. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes and Stitcher. It's a natural part of aging to become a bit more forgetful. But when does it go beyond mere forgetfulness? More than 10 million Americans have undiagnosed mild cognitive impairment, or MCI, and that often leads to dementia. So how do you know when misplacing your keys or forgetting somebody's name is no longer a normal part of aging? What I tell people, uh, when you find your car keys, if you can say to yourself, Ah, that's why I left them there. The phone rang or the doorbell rang or something like that. And it triggers and clues uh, the memory. It's probably a normal aging process. But if you find your car keys and still have no idea how they got there, that would be a problem that would suggest maybe there is something going on with the brain that needs to be evaluated. That's Dr. Douglas Share, director of the Division of Cognitive Neurology at Ohio State University. He says individuals with MCI often don't realize the extent that their cognitive abilities have declined. I'm a uh, neurologist. I see a lot of patients with cognitive disorders. That's my area of specialty. And I was basically just completely frustrated at the delay in patients coming into our clinic for evaluation and knowing that they had these problems going on for years. People that first identify issues with memory or think are going to be your significant other, your spouse or someone that visits you quite often, could be a son or daughter in some cases, they will notice it first. And that's long before the patient gets enough courage to go up and ask their doctor about it. On the average, it's three and a half years before someone has some significant cognitive impairment based on family report, to when they first get into a primary care doctor. Three and a half years, they're just sort of, okay, it's a little worse. I think I'm okay. I have some memory problems. I'll just see how it goes. And they just go on and on and on. And you've wasted, in my opinion, three and a half years. You could have been treated earlier, slowing down the course. Yet if you do go to the doctor suspecting some sort of cognitive impairment, Sharai says doctors are likely to take a watchful waiting approach. But he says we shouldn't wait around. That's why he developed Brain Test, a 15-minute at-home screening test that's clinically proven to detect MCI. Our thought about um, Brain Test was to develop a test that's self-administered, that could be done at home, that you can take the results into your doctor because the doctor may not, you know, watch for waiting. If you actually bring them a cognitive test results that show, you know, what looks like maybe some change in their thinking or trouble with thinking, uh, they probably will react more than just maybe verbalizing, you know, I've had some mild memory problems. 
people can take more control of these issues or their spouse or children can take it to mom or dad, you know, perhaps to get them to do that so that it starts the conversation. That's the main purpose. Bring it into the doctor. It starts the conversation that, hey, maybe there is a change. Maybe there's a decrease in cognitive skills. Let's figure out what the cause is. The test puts you through a series of cognitive tasks, measuring skills such as naming, problem solving, and verbal fluency. We're measuring all the different parts of the brain, and we scored it so that all the parts of the brain for memory and language, visual, spatial, executive, are all scored about the same. It's not just a test that measures, you know, more just memory only, that type of thing. And we get a global assessment of how the brain is doing. And we compare that to age and education, normative data. We come up with a score based on our validity studies saying, you're doing great. Uh, There may be some mild cognitive issues. Maybe you should get this checked out or, you know, you have more serious issues and definitely should, you know, and in all cases, we suggest taking it to the doctor, whether to get a baseline, you're doing well at, you know, age 70, here's your score. And maybe later on, we'll see a change over time. So in all cases, we suggest Take the score and the interpretation to your physician. They can interpret it better based on your health history. But can't your doctor just give you a cognitive test? Shari says, sure, that's always an option, but the self-administering power of brain test makes it a unique tool. The ones that are usually given at doctor's offices are administered tests. That is, you need someone to actually give the test to the individual It takes more personnel time and resources typically, and so it doesn't get done as much. So there's more of a barrier for physicians to, you know, unless it's really bad, they'll say, okay, I think you're doing fine. Let's just keep checking on it. You know, there's just more barriers for them to take the time and find someone to give the test. But importantly, Shari says brain test is not a diagnostic test. Rather, it's an assessment. So how does the doctor actually make a diagnosis? you have to include lots of factors, right? So you have to include the clinical course, their other history. Do they have, uh, you know, three previous strokes and sleep apnea and five head injuries? And, you know, that would explain that test. And they say, okay, there's nothing more we need to do. I have a good explanation as to why your cognition was a little bit low in area X or Y. Or they may say, gosh, that's surprising. Nothing in your past history that I know of would usually account for this type of thing. Let's do some more testing. Many factors go into making a proper diagnosis, but the first step is always bringing the issue to your doctor's attention, especially since MCI can often progress into dementia. The most common cause of dementia is Alzheimer's disease, which currently has no cure. So this raises another question. If you can't do anything to stop Alzheimer's, why even take the test? The medications we have right now for Alzheimer's work better the earlier you start them. So clearly we don't have a cure for this disease. It progresses, but it progresses slower if you are on the medications. These are FDA-approved medications for Alzheimer's disease. Even if there is no medication and just increasing supervision, I think, helps reduce health care costs, improves quality of life. But brain test is not just a one-and-done test. The purpose is you can test it very easily over time. Self-administered doesn't take that much time. If you have a graph over time, you can see exactly when an individual might start to have problems, especially if you have a family history. We know genetics very common in Alzheimer's disease. If you have a good baseline, knowing what the score is over time is 
very, very helpful in picking up these conditions at an early stage, which are then more treatable. Memory loss, impaired judgment, and other cognitive deficiencies are scary. Many people are embarrassed by these problems and want to ignore them. But Chare says we can't afford to do that any longer. We need to be proactive. And the test is a quick and easy way to detect cognitive impairments to get that conversation started with doctors. You can find out more about Braintest on their website, braintest.com. Our writer this week is Hannah Swarm, studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Reproductive history may play a role in Alzheimer's disease. Research reported at the 2018 Alzheimer's Association International Conference finds that women with three or more children have a 12% lower risk of dementia compared to women with one child, while each month a woman is pregnant may lower her Alzheimer's risk by 5.5%. Dr. Heather Snyder is Senior Director of the Alzheimer's Association. While this is very early research, these new findings are especially interesting because more women than men have Alzheimer's, and we need to figure out why. There are a variety of risk factors that affect us throughout our entire life, and understanding what happens to a woman's body and brains over time may help us discover effective prevention and treatments. The new report also found that the number of miscarriages may impact dementia risk. The Alzheimer's Association says nearly two-thirds of Americans with Alzheimer's disease are women. Find out more about the impact of Alzheimer's on women at www.alz.org. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer, and we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case, and they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-513-5981-800-513-5981-800-513-5981. That's 800-513-5981. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.